the episode that you have all been clamoring for. The wait is finally over. I was going to save it for Podcast Sweeps Week, but popular demand dictates that we could wait no longer. There's a Podcast Sweeps Week? There is a five-day period in September when shut-ins are statistically more likely to buy mattresses. Traditionally, that is when podcasters bring out the big guns. But for you lucky listeners, Christmas just came early. Because here it is. The succulent episode! Huh. That's a bit of a letdown, to be honest. I thought you were going to talk about how to care for angel-winged begonias or pink princess philodendrons. Ha! <laughs> I don't expect peasants to be able to put out a spread for royalty. That's just cruel. Well, calling people peasants isn't super great either, so... As popular as succulents are these days, they slap, so the onlines say. Oh god, every time I think you've gotten over that. So I have been preparing to give a very thorough care guide for these finicky and misunderstood plants. Yeah, you've been threatening this for a while, but I thought the point of succulents was that they're easy to care for. Riley, you've bought into big succulents marketing. Big succulent? Even if that was a real thing, I don't think they're blowing a bunch on marketing. And yet, suddenly every plant store is tripping over themselves to sell you an Echeveria. Every coffee shop now has a little array of them on the counter. Prints of them are available at every store with a home goods department. Alright, you've got a point. I looked at one succulent online and now suddenly all of the suggested ads are mugs that say, Morning Suck, and Suck is spelled S-U-C-C. That's big succulent for you. Always looking for the next opportunity! What succulent were you looking at, anyway? String of dolphins. Hmm. A trendy choice, I admit, but they can be moody. I think I have some practice with moody. I see your subtle dig, and I am rising above it, number one, because there is nothing shameful about having a wide and sweeping array of emotions, and it's okay to feel them. Whoa, what happened to I have no emotions? Did you get another inspirational calendar? Yes, but not one with pictures of succulents. Suck on that! Big succulents! And number two, because it is time to discuss the Echeveria! It is the most commonly photographed and instant grand succulent that you're likely to find. If you haven't seen one before, and frankly I'd be astonished if you avoid being slapped in the face with countless watercolor, soft focus images of them, they look like a rosette of plump leaves in a soft green color. Although they do come in a wide variety of variegations like pink, purple, and yellow. I'm looking at pictures of them right now, and I want to buy like 12 of them. That is the succulent experience. You see one on the socials media and are suddenly suffused with botanical lust and rush to your nearest plant purveyor, your heart brimful of hope and breathless wonder that perhaps you could tame this wild stallion for yourself. Could it love you? Could it fill the void in your heart that you didn't know until now was in the exact shape? Of an Echeveria? How did you know? I've been burned before, Riley. The Echeveria is not particularly care-intensive, but it is extremely care-specific. Much like adjusting the dial on the shower to your preferred temperature, the science is precise, exacting, and elusive. They will tolerate almost anything, but if you want your Echeveria to look like it stepped out of a catalog, you will need to watch it not just like a hawk, but also like an eagle, kestrel, and caracara. But, like, maybe my Echeveria would be different. That is what Big Succulent would like you to believe. They need six hours of bright direct light each day. Don't have a window that receives that kind of light? You are going to end up with a sprouting, leggy mess 
as its stem elongates in an attempt to find a suitable sunbeam. For your soil, opt for a cactus mix. They can tolerate regular potting soil, but again, you fly close to the sun and you may be burned for your hubris. You're being unusually forgiving about this. Normally it's all edicts and screaming. With succulents, we are all in this together, scrabbling as best we can toward the terrarium of our dreams. Oh my god, I want a terrarium full of succulents now. Crap! I didn't want it to be this way for you, but I think in my heart I always knew it would be. I tried to protect you as best I could. Just as you must protect your succulent from too much sun! Yes, I know, you thought it liked direct sunlight, and it does, but only the correct amount of it. If outdoors somewhere hot, they often require bright shade instead of direct sunlight, unless they're planted in the ground, which acts as a temperature regulator, so they may tolerate full sun. Jeez, do I need a flowchart? Yes, along with a crystal ball and some tea leaves. If it is extremely hot, 90 degrees or higher, water as soon as the soil is fully dry. Indoors, where the temperature is less variable, still keep an eye on your plants if they're near a window and check for burns. When you water, make certain not to get any in the rosette. It causes them to rot. Do not overwater. You want dry soil before you water. They are also susceptible to root rot. Note that if you wait too long to water, some of the leaves may shrivel and even die. Pull them immediately. They are a haven for pests such as mealybugs. Don't bother fertilizing. They thrive on nutrient-poor soil. Now, for all of their numerous persnickety qualities, they are remarkably easy to propagate. If you've blundered terribly and have a dying echeveria on your hands, gently pop off the healthiest leaf and lay it atop some cactus potting mix in bright, indirect light. No water, no root starter, just patience. Soon it will put out roots and a tiny rosette will form. The old leaf will shrivel and the new little rosette will become independent and, with a great deal of luck, will hopefully thrive. Okay, but I still want one. Yes, well, something something, the vagaries of the soul, something something. Are you kidding me? Something something, vagaries of the soul? Well, I assumed you weren't going to pay attention to the full version, so I decided not to waste my devastatingly brilliant insights into the nature of the soul. But since you have begged... No, I wasn't going to pay attention, and I'm still not going to, but I want you to at least put effort into the things I'm going to ignore. If what I'm ignoring doesn't really mean anything, then I haven't ignored anything, really, and then I have to work twice as hard to get my daily quotas of not listening. Knock, knock, guys. How's things? No, wait, let me take that again. What's up, Buttercup? See, plant-themed. Hey there, Ted. Now close the door, Chuck. Come on, running noise reduction isn't magic, okay? Do we have to do this right now? I'm worried it's gonna bleed through. Whiplash said that the construction phase works best if the pizza is at least still room temperature. I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, for grace, skull's sake, is he really doing this? Really doing what? The pizza treehouse. You said that like those words beat something. <sighs> It's something Whiplash has been lobbying for since he came on board, and I suppose now that he's in charge, his dream of having a treehouse made entirely of pizza is now coming to fruition. Pizza is not a construction material. You cannot build a treehouse out of it. You can't build anything with it. Well, he is using deep dish for all the load-bearing parts, and the floor is reinforced with cheesy breadsticks. Yum, yum, yum. I looked at the floor plans, and it's actually quite reasonable. 
I just came to ask you if you had any preferences on the guest wing, like no anchovies, extra pineapple. If there is even one single mushroom on this treehouse, I will burn it to the ground. But I suppose this does evade the myriad problems with the contractarians for a while longer. Yeah, I think everyone was tired of sleeping in whatever room they were able to find their way to. I haven't found my office in about a month. Although now that I'm doing more minion stuff, that's not as much of a problem. <laughs> mm. It's keeping me pretty busy, the henching, uh, um, the uh, being a hench person. Mm-hmm. A lot of minion duties. Minionating left and right, all those tum-tum rubs for Beast Man. Oh, and I've been alphabetizing all the evil disguises in the costume closet. I mean, when I can find it, but it's usually to the left of the formal dining area. Uh, uh, sorry, roller rink now. If Whiplash has so much as touched that dining set, I will have him strung up by his tail. That table belonged to my great-grandmother. Wait, you had a great-grandmother? Sorry, that was rude. Obviously you did. You didn't come from nowhere. It's just not what I associate you with, I guess. I, I feel like a bad friend now. Do you want to, like, um, share, maybe? No, we are not discussing my family. It's bad enough that Randor's nagging me about spending more time Bonding. You know what? Go ahead. Tell us all about your minioning. I would rather that than spend any additional time thinking about my ridiculous relations. It is so much cooler than I ever dreamed. I got to help Whiplash put up posters for his band. They're playing in the speakeasy next week. I ate breakfast, sitting next to Too Bad, and he called me buddy. <sighs> Triclops and I spent last Tuesday redoing the chore wheel into a darts game, Whiplash's idea, and Merman even said we did a good job. I mean, the chore system now means that sometimes the vacuuming gets done three times and no one does the dishes, depending on how the dart throwing goes that day. So there are some kinks in the rules that need to be worked out. And you're probably wondering about my outfit, the big stripes on the back of my shirt, the claws and all of that. I was not. I was. You look like a, a stripey digging thing? Clawing thing? I don't know. Definitely an animal. Yes. My new work name is... Ba-ba-da-boo! Is that how horns go? Badger! Get it? Claws, stripes on the back. I was digging up the moat for the treehouse and Trapjaw was admiring my digging technique. And I was like, you know what? I deserve it. I deserve a minion name. So I said, call me Badger. And everyone was like, oh man, I wish my name was that cool. <laughs> Who said that? Well, Stinkor, but it still counts. He's been lobbying for another mustelid for a while now. Wait, Trapjaw is back. That little tin pot techno tyrant owes me a new phone. Sorry, bud. I wouldn't hold out hope on that front. Plap went bust in a pretty big way. Ha! I knew it! Did he try to expand too quickly? Misjudge market demand? Amortization? A sunk cost fallacy? You read the first page of my economics textbook and then fell asleep, didn't you? No, I did not. I merely gleaned all the information I needed from the first paragraph and then teleported the cursed tome into the darkest chasm of the netherverse, lest it attempt to bore me further. I should probably be mad about that, but honestly, good call. You know what else is a good call? Getting a string of dolphins plant. I was going to talk about the panda plant, but since you have shown an interest in a plant and I am the kind of thoughtful evil villain that wants to reward this kind of botanical inquiry... I'm still going to talk about the panda plant. How is that a reward? You may accompany me to the garden store, and I will help you select the least terrible cetaceous succulent that they have available, and then no, we shall we are steal not it. not stealing it. Oh, why not? 
Larceny is the most sincere form of flattery, you know. They should put up a plaque to honor me. Skeletor steals here. That's not really a sustainable business model. Shouldn't you be hammering pizza into an ornate thin crust filigree right now? <laughs> Hammer into a filigree? Good one, pal. No, the filigree is a crispy Parmesan twill. Anyway, we're still waiting for the next shipment of supplies. I think the ranch dressing plumbing system is going to take a lot more than just two of those little complimentary dipping sauces. Well, condiment-based drainage systems aside, the panda plant! As always, we must ask ourselves, will it kill Beast Man? Now, if you have ever wanted a plant that has many of the joys of pet ownership, such as fur and being a quiet, steadying presence in the home, the panda plant, with its furry leaves and pleasing coloration, is an excellent option. Cyprian is perched on the edge of my tub and has been most excellent at listening. I'm here if you ever... And I have appreciated his silent companionship. However, we do have a beast man in the house, and as such, he is a risk to both silence and plants. Although to his credit, he has been barking less at the contractarians. And, much to my surprise, he has largely left my collection of succulents in peace. They tend not to be especially interesting to pets, so while there has been the occasional surreptitious lick, they have been as yet unnibbled. The vast majority of succulents are toxic to pets. Although they are rarely if ever fatal, the accompanying drooling and vomiting is something to be avoided for all involved. Panda plant! Will it kill Beastman? Possibly, so don't chance it, and be sure to keep your succulents out of reach. Oh, sorry, I thought this was a different room? Welcome to a home plagued by contractarians. Every room is a different room now. And shut the door if you're going to come in. Oh yes, of course. I kind of dig the swimming pool breakfast nook. Yes, well, don't get used to it. And anyway, you should be used to this by now, Triclops. I'm... yes, I am Triclops. That's me. Uh-huh. So the robot disguises because... Wait, robot? Crap. Um, it's for... <clears throat> Robo Fridays? You know how it is with whiplash? Beep boop? Oh my god. No one told me about Robo Fridays. Crap, did I miss a memo? Wait, is this a workplace culture thing? I can't believe I messed this up. I'm going to run to the kitchen and try to get some sort of uh, tinfoil thing. Don't worry, I'll be back! Huzzah! Aw, I think he wants to be your friend. <laughs> and what are you still doing here, Triclops? Honestly? I don't really care one way or the other. I don't know. Triclops, I'm kind of interested in the honest version. Look, I'm sorry. It, I'm just... It's just... Uh, things have been so... Spit it out! Uh, things are just really stressful at the palace, okay? <laughs> what Monster! are you doing? Riley, get behind me! Oh, man, I monstered out. Jeez, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just panicked. Sometimes when I get stressed, my face changer activates. I'll, I'll go back. Wait a second. You're not Triclops. Uh, I... No. No, I'm not Triclops. I'm Manny Faces. Gasp! A he-buddy. In my evil fortress... Who let you in here, you rapscallion? I have a lanyard. I let myself in. So, me, I guess? How did you get one of those? Those are for Snake Mountain LLC personnel only. 
Is this part of some do-gooding plot? Is He-Man around here? Come out, you muscle-browned meathead! Come out and deal with my magical might face to face! No, He-Man's still back at the palace, thankfully. I'm just gonna take a guess. Is this like a romantic surprise for Triclops? Are you bringing him lunch or flowers or something? Oh, that's a good idea. Right? I read about it online. Cody super appreciated the surprise sushi. If you would all stop bragging about your idyllic companionship arrangements for two seconds, I would like to know why there is a spy in my household. Thank you. I'm not here to spy, honest. Although, I am a master of disguise. You have two disguises, and they consist entirely of changing your facial appearance. No matter what disguise you're wearing, you're still bright orange and have a giant blue head. And in the hands of a lesser actor, I imagine that might be a significant liability. But watch this. Beep boop. I am a robot. Well, bully for you, you mechanical mendicant. What are you doing in my lair? Are you working with Manny Faces? I was in the middle of interrogating him about his espionage, and I do not appreciate being interrupted by you and your clockwork claptrap. Where did he go, anyway? It's rude to just wander off mid-sentence like that. Oh, her... Uh... Does nobody in this fortress have object permanence? How did you ever run this place? With an iron fist. As this robotic reprobate will soon learn if he doesn't go fetch me his colleague Manny Faces post-haste. Ah, there you are. <laughs> see? See? See what? All I see is a duplicitous double agent who somehow managed to infiltrate my defenses with his surprisingly elusive robot sidekick. <sighs> Explain yourself, thespian. I'm sorry, I just... I just really needed to get out of the palace for a little while. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but He-Man's been kind of driving us nuts lately. Well, of course he is. That dim-witted do-gooder is a constant source of infuriation, always thwarting my evil schemes as he drones on and on with his incessant moralizing and his inane platitudes. And that haircut! No, it's not that. I, I mean, yes, the bull cut is not great, and his speeches are pretty corny, but we've all made our peace with that a long time ago. It's just that lately he's been acting really weird. Weird how? We spent some time at the palace when Skeletor conquered it, and the standard for normal there is not exactly high. I mean, when a palace employs Mechanic, Ramband, and... Ugh, Orko. Yeah. What even constitutes weird? Well, for starters, he used a ballpoint pen to draw tattoos all over his muscles. One of them says, Raising Heck, but most of them just say, Tattoo. Also, I think he tried to draw a skull, but Tila thought it was a picture of you, and he got really offended and got Battle Cat to lick it off for him. Okay, yeah, that counts as weird. And, lately, after every time he makes an impassioned, earnest speech about dental hygiene or the importance of keeping a flotation device in your recreational water vehicle, he'll look embarrassed, give an exaggerated shrug and say, Or wherever, I don't even give a care. It's really disconcerting. And when he has to throw something away, he'll make a really big deal about walking up to the trash can and then setting his trash right next to it. 
I mean, it's not a real problem because a few minutes after he leaves, Prince Adam will usually come in and throw it away for him. But it's exhausting to deal with someone who wants that much attention and makes such a show about everything they do. You don't say. What? Riley, why are you looking at me like that? No reason. So, Manny, because you were tired of dealing with someone who was making such a performance out of being bad, you decided to come hang out at Snake Mountain. Interesting choice. Well, Triclops mentioned how for some reason nobody here seems to be able to tell us apart. And since he has a gluten allergy, he'd rather miss out on all the pizza construction. So we figured might as well just, you know, switch places for a day or two. You aren't mad, are you? Were I still the ruler of Snake Mountain, you would be blessed with the rare opportunity to see two Skeletors, because I'd be beside myself with rage at this affront. But as it stands, eh. Eh? Yes. Eh. For the time being, the whole situation is Whiplash's problem. Manny faces, if you and your trinocular paramour are so dissatisfied with your current positions, that is between you and your respective HR departments. I take some measure of satisfaction in the knowledge that the palace is in shambles without my leadership. I wouldn't say shambles, it's just kind of annoying. But other than that, this information affects me not in the slightest. Besides, I expect a certain amount of scheming from my staff. It's practically a professional courtesy. Wait, back up a second. Snake Mountain has an HR department? Of course we do. Well, technically it's an H-O-A-T-R department. Humans or approximations thereof resources, but it amounts to the same thing. But Snake Mountain is a dictatorship. And? Well, then why would you have one? Aren't HR departments there to protect the rights of the employees? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Beep boop, what are we laughing at? Robo Badger wants in on the joke. Riley thinks HR departments are there to protect the workers. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, ha ha. <laughs> now why are you dressed like a rice cooker? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so we were out of tinfoil, but I found the evil disguises closet. It was behind the Moifey bed. Why was there a rice cooker disguise in there? Because it didn't fit Merman, and the evil disguise store has a frankly draconian return policy. And it works. I'm making kanji right now. Beep boop. If we can leave your grain-based activities to the side, we now come to leave it to me. And a question that I know has been on the mind of every succulent sucker since they first realized that they had been duped by Big Succulent. Hang on, you're making up your own leave it to me? Not so much making up as pulling from deep within the soul of every plant parent that has tried their hand at making the perfect little succulent garden to sit on their kitchen island. Dear magnificent, mighty, and transcendently handsome Skeletor, I am but a lowly novice gardener, and I have had my heart stolen by a succulent. His name is Fernandius, and I am smitten with the pale bluish foliage of my Senecio serpens, or blue chalksticks plant. Its pale blue finger-like leaves and vertical growth provide rich visual interest on my succulent shelf. I have a north-facing window and have provided it with all the loose cactus-mixed soil and the warmer temperature it craves, and yet I have been rejected. The stem has grown leggy, and the leaves are growing further and further apart. My once beautiful blue chalksticks is now a spindly mess, and I am rightly ashamed of my failings. 
Please help me repair my relationship with my succulent. Yours, Blue About Blue Chalksticks. Well, Blue, you are right to come to me, and you face a problem that is common to almost every succulent gardener in this universe. The dreaded leggy plant. The elongation of these stems as they turn and bend is the result of phototropism. Photo what? Now? Seconded. Robo Badger also has questions. Plants like precisely three things. Soil, sunlight, and water. Exactly which of these do you think a plant is likely to stretch for? Don't make me call on one of you. Oh, I think Manny knows. What? Why would you throw me under the snout spout like that? Sorry, sorry. Survival skill from high school. We'll go on three, okay? Okay. Can do. One, two, three. Sunlight. What the heck? You guys lied. Sorry. I'm not. I mean, I am. But also, I really don't want to end up in the vampire bat oubliette. Well, luckily for all of you, Riley is correct. And the vampire bat oubliette is temporarily out of order. Beastman released all of the vampire bats because they, quote, looked sad, and so we will be waiting until Halloween and then filling the oubliette with those cackling skeletons. That's even worse! I know! Too bad earned the right to choose the weekly movie night film for his ingenuity. Well, presuming we can locate the movie theater this week. I think it was next to the gym. Merman mentioned something about having a hard time getting his reps in while From Here to Eternia is playing next door. Your living situation is a nightmare. That's not all bad. I haven't seen Webstore in several weeks, so silver linings and all that. Uh, But enough about my overly-eyed erstwhile employee. Phototropism! Phototropism is the tendency for a plant or other organism to react to light by either seeking it out, positive phototropism, or shying away from it, negative phototropism. Most plants display positive phototropism, and the blue chalksticks is no exception. Succulents that don't receive enough sunlight will invariably stretch out in search of it and become a winding mess. It's not harmful to them, but it is a sign of a plant that has not received the care it is deserving of. There is nothing that will undo the legginess of a succulent, but you may move the plant and start over by trimming the succulent near to the soil with clean pruning shears and allow the plant to grow again in a location that receives more adequate sunlight. One or more healthy babies are likely to grow from this stem. You can also trim the crown, the uppermost rosette, of your lanky succulent and plant it directly into a loose cactus mix to take root. Do not water for at least a week and do not expose to direct sunlight yet, as the plants are in a fragile stage while they establish themselves in this new pot. I don't get it. Why does this sound terrible, but I still really want to have a bunch of succulents? This feeling is confusing and awful. It's true. There are two ways to handle it. Either never allow yourself to attempt succulent ownership, or... Accept and embrace the difficulties of nurturing a succulent into anything approaching instant gram-worthy loveliness. Your succulent may be messy and misshapen, but it is yours. And I suppose that in many cases, we must find ways for that to be enough. Whoa, that's kind of beautiful. Kind of a bummer. Okay, I do appreciate the mood of this moment. Sorry, wait, let me do the voice. Beep boop. Robo Badger appreciates your complex emotional processes. Uh, but but do do you, do you hear that? What a surprise! The pizza tree house is having some structural issues. I warned him about this. I told Whiplash that thin crust for the balcony was idiotic. But no, he wanted a delicate, sophisticated look. The fool. Calculator. Can't <laughs> my name. 
Ugh. Robo Badger. Go see to it that the appropriate emergency services are notified. Riley, I placed a tracking device in the fridge. We'll need to locate the kitchen and get all the ice packs. I dare say Ninjor is going to need them. What can I do? Hmm. Uh, how are you with filing insurance claims for property damage? You've met Ram Man. I'd say I know a thing or two about it. Here's the card. Give them the relevant details. And you, listener, come back in two weeks for all of the details you are in dire need of as you bungle your way through plant care. Although if you, like so many others, have fallen under the spell of succulents, to you I say, Grayscale have mercy, and may soil and sunlight conditions be ever in your favor. I'm still getting a string of dolphins. I kind of want a succulent too now. Triclops was talking about how we need more houseplants. Fine. You can all come to the nursery. Beep boop, I call shotgun! Garden Pots with Skeletor is written by Marissa Bond, Megan Bob, and Nathaniel Hubbard, and edited by Dan Mulcairin. Our theme song is Daydream by Rafael Medina, and our logo was created by Kit Mulcairin. Skeletor is played by Dan Mulcairin. Riley is played by Kit Mulcairin. Calculator is played by Adel Rafai. Manny Faces is played by Joshua Talvey. Whiplash is played by Liz Logan. Additional music from filmmusic.io from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and all associated characters are property of their owners. You can reach us at GardenPlotsWithSkeletor at gmail.com, on Twitter at Garden underscore Plots, or through our website, GardenPlotsWithSkeletor.carrd.co. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can donate to Skeletor Schemes on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash gardenplotswithskeletor. Thanks for listening. Hey, Tyro, look at this. This pizza treehouse, when it fell over, it kind of, what's it? I don't know what you call it, but uh, when it broke, it kind of made a skate pack. Gianni's doing an ollie over there on the breadstick railing. It's something else. You gotta see this. Pizza skate park? Pizza treehouse, you rise like a phoenix? Where's my rocket guitar board? Oh, about being dictator? I quit. I have a calzone to shred on. Pew pew!